welcome to the 1909, your home at the State News for everything happening on campus and around Lansing. I'm Lily Gwinney. Today we'll be recapping court decisions regarding both MSU's swim and dive program and a former gymnastics coach, an update in the saga of President Stanley's contract review, and a new emergency room with a goal of better serving Eastern Ingham County. Then we'll hear from our senior city reporter, Wajiha Kamal, about updates in a police shooting case. Let's get into it. Michigan Supreme Court has denied Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel's application to review the overturning of the conviction of ex-MSU gymnastics coach Kathy Klages. In August 21, Klages was charged with two counts of lying to police regarding her knowledge of sexual assaults committed by Larry Nassar on MSU's campus before the 2016 investigation. The Michigan Court of Appeals reversed Klages' conviction on December 21, 2020, ruling that there was insufficient evidence that she made a false or misleading statement to authorities. Nessel filed the leave to appeal application in February. In a statement released Wednesday, Nessel said the jury's original convictions were rightly made and that the court's decision was setting a dangerous precedent for future prosecutions. In district court news, MSU was granted an extension and given until November 18th to submit a compliance plan in the Women's Swim and Dive Team lawsuit. This comes after the university asked for more time to submit a Title IX compliance plan, hoping to delay until the U.S. Supreme Court responds to its requests for review of the lawsuit. The university's attorney argued that submitting a plan prior to the decision would cause irreparable harm to the school. Now the case is in the hands of the Supreme Court, which has yet to agree to hear it. MSU asked the court to review the lawsuit in July. University's attorney said that MSU won't hear from the U.S. Supreme Court about a possible hearing until November and would possibly announce its decision as early as November 7th. And to finish up with our MSU news, here's an update on President Samuel L. Stanley Jr.'s contract review process. 94 high-ranking professors released a letter of support for Stanley last week, slamming transparency issues within the Board of Trustees and calling for better communication of the Board's actions. This is the latest of many statements given by various student and faculty organizations in support of Stanley. The president himself spoke out on September 20th in defense of his signing off on MSU's June Title IX certification documents, which is at the center of the board's review of his contract. Board members have called for Stanley's resignation due to concerns over the certification process, accusing him of falsely certifying the Title IX document without a review from all of the board members. With his signature, Stanley checked yes to a section of the Title IX transparency reporting form saying the university certifies that its president or chancellor and a member of its governing board has reviewed all Title IX reports involving alleged misconduct of an employee of the university. Stanley maintains that the board failed to do its job of fulfilling the latter half of those requirements, which state that at least one member of the board must review the reports as well. Stanley said that he signed the document under the impression that the board members had read and reviewed the reports. So that's it for MSU News. And I just want to acknowledge everyone on the state news staff who's been burning the midnight oil this week to make our coverage of MSU administration news as comprehensive as possible. Now on to some local stories. The New Sparrow Emergency Center in Okemos opened last week. It's located on Jolly Road and is one of the only emergency rooms in the state to stand independently of a hospital, but still maintain all the functions of any other ER. The Okemos location will be staffed to provide 24-hour, seven days a week care. Medical Director Ken Yaney said that Sparrow opened the center with hopes of better serving the eastern side of the Greater Lansing area, where residents don't always have access to the same medical facilities as other parts of the capital region. 
The new emergency room is also expected to relieve congestion at Sparrow's main location and at urgent care facilities. That's it for our news roundup. Now I'd like to introduce our senior city reporter, Wajiha Kamal. Hi, Wajiha. Hello. Good to have you on. Good to be here. So last year, you were our cops and courts reporter, so you've been following the story we're about to discuss since its inception. Can you give us a reminder of the events of the Okemos Meyer police shooting and what all went down in the immediate aftermath? It's a pretty intense case. So the shooting happened in on April 25th. At the time, I was the cops and courts reporter, but also at the time, notably, there wasn't much information about who the individual was that was shot. Um, and so... The East Lansing Police Department, the Michigan State University Police Department, and the Lansing Police Town Police Department were all at the scene. Um, And so the race of the individual was notably not revealed, just the fact that someone was allegedly carrying a gun um, and there was some sort of chase. And so later on, um, ELPD Chief Kim Johnson issued a statement um, and said it was an officer-involved shooting, meaning the individual who was, quote-unquote, being chased, was shot by an officer um, of the East Lansing Police Department. And we later found out it was two officers who were firing shots. Um, And so later on, the East Lansing Police Department revealed or released body cam footage, and that was on May 5th. And it was a very graphic video being released. And so... Um, It had come out that it was a 21-year-old black man who was shot by the East Lansing police officers. And so there were a lot of videos. And leading up to the shooting, his name is DeAnthony Von Atten. And the shooting itself and the events immediately after the incident were shown in the shooting footage, the body cam footage of the officers. And so the shooting video also came from the Meyer security camera. And so um, there were a lot of verbal exchanges, one might say. For example, the body-worn camera footage from one officer um, showed that the officer was chasing the individual, saying things like, get on the ground, get on the expletive ground, get on the ground, you're going to get tased, Um, he's got a gun. And there was no gun found on the individual when they were arrested and handcuffed. And this officer had fired two shots. It's not really clear in the body camera footage whether Van Hatten had a gun, but regardless, activists in the community have come out saying that Michigan is an open carry state, and so this individual being shot at, being chased for allegedly having a gun that wasn't seen, that was concealed, is wrong. And so um, footage was revealed, more footage was revealed in May, um, and then the... The investigation, when an officer-involved shooting happens, especially at the East Lansing Police Department, um, it gets transferred to MSP, which is Michigan State Police, that conducts the investigation, then gives it to the Attorney General, who will look at the investigation, do a bit more of the investigation, and come out and say, like, here's what happened. So Dana Nessel, Attorney General, came out in a press conference August 24th and announced um, that Van Atten would be charged with seven felony accounts, four counts of assault, Um, and three weapons charges and one misdemeanor account of retail fraud. Also notably in the video cam footage, um, he is checking out at the grocery store at Meijer. So the felony charges include four counts of assaulting, 
or obstructing police in one count of each of carrying a concealed weapon, receiving and concealing a firearm, and a felony firearm possession. And so, Van Etten was taken into custody. He did not have attorney. He has a public defender. And so, the charges came as Nestle's office announced uh, that in a press conference in Detroit beforehand that her department's public integrity unit would investigate the use of force incident by ELPD. And so, in addition, um, Van Atten in the videos was also shown running out of the store with a white grocery bag. So there were allegations that he committed retail fraud, and we just don't know the full details about that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also unclear why officers were in pursuit of Van Atten. Something else that had been coming out was that his, uh, the warrant to arrest him had come from a different jurisdiction. So there were allegations that he was being investigated before, it seemed like, that the police had indicated, but this is unclear, and we do not know that. Um, and also ELP declined to specify the crime Van Etten was being investigated for um, when they were asked in April. And so, so later on, um, community members at the recent city council and police oversight, independent police oversight commissions have spoken out about this. And so the police oversight commission passed a motion to demand the city council, to request that the city council demand that Nestle drop the charges. And that is what happened at the last city council meeting. The city council voted in favor of this to demand Nestle to drop charges. Notably, Nestle also scheduled a meeting with the council member Dana Watson and Mayor Ron Bacon with the DEI coordinator leader for the East Lansing City. And so, um, notably also George Brookover, another council member, dissented and said, quote unquote, Officer, I ask that the Oversight Commission continue their work, let the Attorney General do hers, and allow this defendant to have his day in court. There will be continuing internal police oversight over the actions of our police, who I might just remind people also have their own rights under union collective bargaining. And that is the update I have for you. So there's been an update to your update on this story in the past few days. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So as I mentioned, um, the Police Oversight Commission at their last meeting passed a few motions. So it's very important to understand that the Police Oversight Commission itself does not have any power in the city. It makes the recommendations and it makes requests. And those requests are voted on by the city council. Um, And so at the September 8th Independent Police Oversight Commission, it was also revealed by Captain Chad Pride that the officer who shot Van Etten, one of them has returned to duty, but not in a patrol function. Another one has not yet returned. And so the first motion that the Police Oversight Commission recommended to the city council was that the attorney general drop all charges against Van Etten or transfer the case to Ingham County Prosecutor's Office. Notably, in a statement to the state news, the prosecutor, Carol Simon, said that she can't ethically comment on Nestle's case, but also there has been a the county office developed a policy with Nestle's office in June 2020 that said cases involving an officer-involved shooting or death of an individual in police custody would go directly to the AG's office for review. And so the city council did vote in favor of the Police Oversight Commission's motion, and there was also another motion that passed that recommended that the city manager and mayor ask Nestle's office for the investigation file. And so during that meeting, during that city council meeting, Mayor Ron Bacon um, had said that 
quote unquote, I thought many elements were political theater. I think it's very difficult for any defendant to go against the machine backed by the political theater. And so now there is no police oversight commission until meeting until October, but the city council does meet next week. Um, and so that's the updates that I have now. Also, in while meeting with Nestle, Dana Watson said that it's unlikely that she will drop the charges, but transferring the case is not out of question just yet. Gotcha. So can you just explain a little bit? Obviously, there's a lot of hands on this case. Yes. We've got multiple agencies, multiple jurisdictions, all kind of crossing lines here. Why is it that um, the attorney general would pick up a case like this? I cannot comment about exactly why she would take up the case, but as Ron Bacon said, a lot of it is the midterms. Nestle wants to look hard on crime, but she also want to look wants to look tough on officers. And so we have yet to see if there will be some action against the officers who have now been allowed to return back to work. And so a lot of it is just state politics that have an impact on the local level and individuals that live in places like East Lansing that sort of get involved in these large systems that involved that involve a lot of politics. So there was obviously a pretty big um, response to this incident from local chapters of Black Lives Matter and other yes. activists. Can you tell me a little bit about what that looks like? And on September 7th, there was a protest of sorts at the city council meeting. Um, and I had the privilege of talking to activists in the community. And so one of those activists was from, for example, a public commenter. His name is Farhan. Sheikh Omar, and he co publicly commented at the city council meeting addressing ELPD Kim Johnson directly and said accountability is not part of the department's practices. Notably, police chief did not say anything at this meeting, did not have a public comment, was just sitting and, you know, observing and taking it in, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And so another activist that I had the privilege of talking to is a member of Black Lives Matter um, Lansing. His name is Carrington Kelsey. Um, and he said that the shooting of Van Atten and the actions of the department have shown how they value black lives. Quote unquote said, they value us in ways that dehumanize us. Dana Nessa lied to the community. She virtue, sig virtue signaled everywhere. But guess what's still happening? Seven felonies, one misdemeanor, and a bullet in this man's body when he was clearly not a threat. Um, another issue that was brought up by Black Lives Matter Lansing and other activists in the community was Ordinance 1490. Um, which prohibits calling the police based on racial motives versus criminal conduct. Notably, the 9-11 dispatcher call um, that happened against Van Atten said that he was not a threat. Yet, over three police departments responded to one individual who allegedly was carrying a gun. Mm -hmm. So we know that in the past couple years, East Lansing Police and the city of East Lansing have been trying to make some forward strides on mm -hmm. diversity, equity, and inclusion, and policing, uh, policing policies around race in general. Do you think that this might um, stir up some more of that? I think the two definitely coexist. Um, mm -hmm. The East Lansing Police Department, this is the first officer-involved shooting, I believe. Uh, that may not be 100% true, but in recent history. I think history, you're right, yeah. yeah in recent mm -hmm. history, it is. And so having this happen during the birth, essentially, of the Police Oversight Commission means that there's a lot of work to do. And I have spoken to commissioners. Um, I've spoken to the chair of the commission, Eric Williams, 
And he essentially said that they're, they don't have power, but they have the ability to make recommendations that the city council will pass or reject or, you know, all of these things will be brought to city council. So city council has the power to, you know, enforce the changes that the Police Oversight Commission is recommending. But what that what the Police Oversight Commission's work looks like, I don't think many of us know. I think it's an ongoing process of figuring out how to counter this. And this shooting, I think, is a, a wake-up call of, like, we have to do something. And there is a sense of urgency directly to make change in the community, the local community. Well, thank you so much, Wajiha, for coming on the 1909 today and giving us this update. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, and that is your news roundup for the week. This has been the 1909 from the State News. We air every week on Mondays, and you can get us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and signing off from East Lansing. I'm Lily Gwinney.